Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. When people look at you, do they see the joy that you have in Jesus? In this classic message, Francis Chan pulls out the riches of God's life-giving commands in Philippians chapter 4 and what it looks like to walk in the joy of the Lord. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Like, just, I I want you to think about just where you are with the Lord and your joy and just, you know, forget the circumstances and everything else because that changes, right? It's going to change week to week. Who knows what's going to happen this week? But internally, you know, even if a storm's going on outside, it's like Jesus at peace in that boat, you know, is, does that describe you right now? Because things are so good. I, I, just during our worship time, I, I don't know, you, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know if it was just special today or if something's just going on in my own heart. You know how sometimes you come and you show up on a Sunday morning and you just feel like, man, the worship was amazing. The, the, the announcements were awesome. The prayers, and, and it's probably the same as it was last week, but something in here was just different and you came in with a different attitude or God's working in your heart. I just know that even when um, we started singing that song, um, the hallelujah song, and Tiffany starts, I, like even, I, I, you know, I was here a couple hours early and listening to them rehearse and I, I just working on my notes, praying, and the moment she started singing, I just started crying. I've been singing that song for about 30 years. I realized I've been singing that song for 30 years and I never really thought about the words. You you ever do that? Where where you're just like, yeah, I just sing and oh yeah, that's a hallelujah song. And and, and, and just during worship today as, as, as I was singing, you know, hallelujah, why? For the Lord God Almighty reigns. You know, and you start singing, worthy is the lamb. And I, and I just start saying, God, you know, I'm so grateful that, that Jesus is reigning right now. I, I mean, we could have any, you know, the creator. I mean, this is the one who died for us, and he's reigning. And I just start going, God, I'm so glad that I'm not in charge. Because I know my heart, I know my selfishness, yet the one who is reigning is one who emptied himself of everything to give to us and to sacrifice and die on a cross. I go, I'm so glad he's on the throne. Hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty reigns. I don't know, it was just like this moment of revelation after singing a song for 30 years. You know, some of us are slower than others. I'm just going, I get it, I get it. That's the reason to praise. That's a time to worship. I, I don't know, all morning I've been, I, you know, I, I was even having breakfast at a local cafe here this morning, but, you know, before I came here. And man, I just wanted to scream. Like, I, I just was thinking about God. I just wanted to get up. I'm like, is anyone else as happy as I am right now? Just, you know, like, life is good when things are just right with Him and you know Him. and. I don't know, it's just, it's just been a really good, really good week. Um, you know, the Bible says that God's commands lead to life. They lead to life, not to guilt. His commands lead to life. In Psalm 119, the psalmist even says, in I think it's verse 131, he goes, I open my mouth and pant. Longing for your commands. Like, like he goes, man, your commands are so good. Give me more. Give me another rule. Give me another rule. 
I'm panting. I want it so badly because these commands lead to life. Jesus, it really is more blessed. You're going to have more life. It will be more blessed to give than to receive. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. You know, it's about blessing Jesus and the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for they'll be the ones that are fulfilled. Because I came to give life, and I came to give it to the full. And that, that blessed are you. This is what it's about. That word blessing, you know, I remember in, in seminary, they told us that, that, that it carries with it the connotation of to be envied. You know, that people look at you and go, man, I want that. Gosh, I wish I had some of what you've got. See, it's that jealousy. Blessed is the man. When people look at you and your life, do they envy? Do they go, oh, man, I wish I had what you had. It's this joy, this life. Sorry, I'm just a little fired up today. Um, I just want to. I, I just want to. I, I want to share a command from Scripture with you. It's a weird command. In fact, for me, it was hard to even look at this verse as a command when I. I just never thought of it as a command. It's Philippians four four. It's a command. It's written in the imperative. It says this: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it. Understand, this is a command from God. You better rejoice. You know, when you first read, you're like, that's not a command. A command is do not commit adultery. Don't commit murder. Don't. No, no, no. This is a command. This is written in the imperative form. And not only that, there's no other command like it. I mean, he, he makes it clear. Rejoice. Let me say that again, rejoice. There's no other command like that. He doesn't say, do not commit adultery. Let me say it again. Do not. He doesn't do that with anything else. He goes, look, I want my people to be rejoicing people. Rejoice in the Lord always. How are you doing on a scale of one to 10? On rejoicing in the Lord always. Always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. I, I remember I was um, speaking at a pastor's conference. This was years ago. I don't remember when or where or whatever. I just knew it was a bunch of pastors. And I remember the worship leader got up there and tried to get everyone fired up, and it wasn't going so well. And I remember he stopped at one point. He goes, you know what? If you guys have the joy of the Lord in you, someone needs to tell your face. <laughs> Wow, I was, he just called it out for what it was, you know, he's just like, man, look at you guys, rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice, but, but, but the thing you have to understand about this verse, it says, it's not just rejoice, period, but rejoice in the Lord, the reason for your rejoicing. It's because of Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, because some people, okay, you know how some people you meet, um, it seems like they're just naturally happy people. 
You know, people like that. It's not necessarily for the Lord. It's not, it, it just seems like you knew them when they were kids. Remember, it, it seems like they just came out of the womb, like, hey, you know, and, and it just never stopped. Like that was their natural disposition. Okay, I get it. Some people, it seems like, I don't know. I don't understand genetics. I don't understand. It just seems like some people are born happy. That's not what this is talking about. Okay, because look, I was not a happy kid. Um, you know how, uh, you know how you forget so much of your childhood, but there's certain things you just remember, like weird things. For some reason, you just remember certain occasions. Like I, I just remember uh, visiting my aunt, you know, and I remember, you know, we'd go to her house as kids, and and I just remember, I still remember this one day. She just looked at me, you know, singled me out amongst my brother and sister. And she goes, "Why you never happy?" <laughs> Like, I just remember that. Like, she just, that was just the impression, you know? Another childhood memory I have is I remember one time at, at home, my dad was cooking a fish, and Chinese, man, we cook the whole fish. We don't waste the head, the eyeballs. We, we got the whole thing right there, right? And, and I just remember looking at this fish sitting on the counter, and, uh, you know, and I just made a comment like, wow, he looks really sad. And I remember my dad looking at me and going, that how you always rook. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just what, how I always rooked. You know, I just, it was just, that's what I remember as a kid. It was just, you know, why are you never happy? That how you always rook, you know, that's just me, me, me. And, and so it's not like this natural disposition that some of us have. It's like, we just grew up for some reason or another, our mind focused on problems, right? It's like you can find what is wrong with everything. I don't care how good it is. I don't care if you want a million dollars. I have to pay taxes on it. It's just, you will find somehow what's wrong with a situation. And I don't know what that is. But the thing that happens, the Bible says, is when the Holy Spirit enters in you, something changes. It changes your mind. And suddenly there's this fruit of love and joy and peace, and you're like, what? I, I remember, I, I remember it, it, it hit me because it's almost like sometimes it happens you don't even realize it, this internal work God's doing, and someone interviewed my oldest daughter, uh, this was maybe five years ago or something, she was doing an interview, and they said, hey, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of your dad? And her first answer was, he's the most joyful person I know. And I thought, what? That's insane. The most, that's the first thing you think of, honey, is the most joyful. And I start thinking, wow, from why you never happy to most joyful. Like, but it's, it's this idea of rejoicing in the Lord. It's, it's just it's this thought of, Wow, God, I have it so good. It's not that circumstances change. Um, it, it's, it's just, okay, even the last few weeks for me, I, I don't know if you remember, like a little over a month ago, but maybe a month ago, I gave that message, and during the baptisms, I, some of you were gone already, and, uh, <clears throat> but I just confessed. I go, you know what, this thing was about praying, 
and devoting yourself to prayer. And I just had to confess to everyone, look, I, I'll be honest, the last few months, I, I can't say I was, I've been devoted to prayer. Um, and so I felt a little hypocritical giving the message. And I just, I, I don't like that feeling of, I'm saying this, but I'm not really living it. So I was just like, blah, here I am. Okay, talking about prayer, you know. Confess that, but then right afterwards that week, uh, you know, grab my son and I go, hey, we're gonna build a little closet in our garage, you know, just a, a place where I can pray because we've got like a dozen people in my little house and it's just noisy, you know, at work, there's, you know, a bunch of people in this little office and it's just, I'm never alone. I just wanna build a closet because I just wanna get away. I just wanna, first of all, I've loved this year in the sense that I don't think I have accomplished more in a year's time in any other year of my life. Like, um, it's just with technology and everything, I just figure, and I'm, I haven't been stressed, I'm just cranking it, things are just happening, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and, and I love multitasking. I, I love, multi, I, I, love, I just think, man, why do one thing when you can be doing three? You know, like, I, I seriously wanna, you know, text right now, you know, and it's just, but it's caused me, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, at the end of the day, my head will hit the pillow and I'm just like, yes. I think all, I did like three days work today, you know, like I just ripped off the system somehow. And, and so I've just felt like this this year because I just like to produce, produce, produce and a bunch of different things. Like, wow, things are going on in Africa. Things are going in the East Bay. Things are going in the inner city. You know, ah, let me just tack on Silicon Valley. Let's just, let's just throw in everything. Go, 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 go. There's a lot of great things about that. But what the problem was when it was time to pray, oh man, my mind was going everywhere. And, and the, the problem with multitasking is it can keep you from wholehearted worship. You know, when the Bible says, have your, be clear-minded, be sober-minded for the purpose of your prayers, 1 Peter 4, 7. He said, I want you to be clear-minded so you can pray. And that's what I was noticing a few weeks ago. It's like, man, I love getting all of this stuff done, but the thing I really need, like with Mary and Martha, 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 you're busy with all of these things. There was only one thing that was really necessary. Mary, she just sat there at my feet. She was focused on me. You're running around doing all this other stuff. It's like, man, I can't do this anymore. Am I stressed? No. Am I excited about all the accomplishments? Yeah, but I can't sacrifice my prayer life because this is everything, okay? I wanna, I wanna be just connected with him when he comes back. I just wanna know him because the Lord is near anytime. And so it's like, okay, you know what? We're gonna build a little place for me, okay? No one's allowed in here. It's a little clock. Let me just shut the door and God's just you and me and let me just fight let me fight. And I tell you the first morning, you know, I get in there and it's like my mind's wandering. I'm trying to pray. You've done it. First five seconds were good. Oh, Lord, it's so good to be in your presence. I wonder what time the Niners play. Well, you know what? You know, just I, I never answered that email. This, and it's just bam, 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 bam. And it's like, man, this is an attack. This is the enemy because the enemy is not afraid of all the things we do. He's afraid of our prayer life. When we connect and go, God, you're in control of everything. I can pray for this little girl and you can bring her back to health. That's the stuff that scares hell. 
And so it's like, okay, God, if I need to slow down, I slow down, but I can't sacrifice this. Man, I remember getting on my knees for a few minutes, you know, just to focus again, getting back on my feet to focus, pacing back and forth, praying out loud. Because when you pray out loud, it's hard to wander. So I'm like, God, okay, right now, I don't want anything else going through my head except for you. I just want to picture you on your throne and how you sent your son to die for me, you know, and just walking back and forth and going, God, I want to think about you. No, all the work, everything, I'm going to be laboring in vain unless you build the house. I get it. You're on your throne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm just had these times where now in the morning getting focused again and saying, God, oh, this is insane. I could be in hell right now. Are you kidding me? I could be in total darkness right now, separated from you, but I'm breathing and I'm talking to you and I'm completely forgiven by you and everything is good right now and it's just this rejoicing in the Lord. Like it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter anymore. All that stuff, it's you, 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 knowing you, rejoicing in the Lord and then letting that carry throughout the day and going, God, this is what's real. This is what matters. Rejoicing in you. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And he goes on. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. See, because we know the Lord is near, I mean, physically right now, he's in me. God's watching everything. But in Philippians, there's this eschat. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's focused on the end times and this thought of, of that Paul and Peter, they, they write with this mindset that the Lord's coming is any moment. Like he's going to return. And so it's okay. It's okay. I can rejoice in the Lord. But he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone because the Lord's at hand. Like everyone should know, okay, that's the one guy, that's the one woman that's not gonna fly off the handle in this office. She's not gonna lose her temper. She's not gonna just flip out. There's this reasonableness about her. You know how there's certain people, and you might be one of them, where people better watch their words around you. Because you say, they say one thing wrong and it's just, man, they're like walking on eggshells. Like, oh, I hope this doesn't offend her. I hope this doesn't offend him. I'm going to try to say it like this. I'm going to couch it with five compliments. I got to say it just right. Because they don't have peace. Everything just like freaks them out. Every little change and they just flip out. But then there's others that have this reasonableness. These are people you love being around. And he says, you know what? You as believers rejoicing in me, and, and a lot of it is because you're rejoicing. If you don't rejoice, you're not gonna have this reasonableness where, yeah, everyone else can lose their job and freak out. You're just, you're reasonable. You're like, it's okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Is, is this your reputation? Reasonable. Reasonable because you're, you know how, uh, you know how when you're, when you first fall in love, 
I, I know for some of us, that was a long time ago. But uh, I remember like when I first met Lisa, this was uh, actually December. I, I gave her flowers this week because uh, it celebrated our first date 22 years ago, you know? Um, and, uh, and I just, yeah, you can clap. I don't know. Um, it was, uh, it was so cool because I was blown away that she would go out with me. Okay. This is, uh, this is one of those few times in life. I just took a risk because I was always the guy that would find out from the girl's friends, like, Hey, find out if she likes me first, you know, cause I don't want to just ask. But I just thought, man, I got to just try, man. I'm not getting younger. And I saw this girl. She was singing a solo at our, at our church, you know, kind of like Tiffany was. I don't know if she's single, but any of you guys. It was just something like that. And, and I remember being on the balcony up there and seeing this girl and going, no way. What in the world? And I, I found out she was the former Miss Teen California. You know, she was this recording artist girl. And I'm like, man, I'm a associate pastor that's losing his hair. I, you know what? It was just one of those like, man, what in the, I have no business asking her out. But I remember she said yes, you know, after a while. And, uh, and, uh, and when we were going out, man, nothing could, look, it was the one time in my life I had a nice car. I had just bought this convertible Mustang GT, all leather. I mean, it was nice. Southern California, you know, five, five liter. It was just, I, I, I look good. And um, <laughs> with what was left of my hair blowing in the wind. Uh, but uh, I remember when I'm going out with Lisa, I mean, this was my first nice car. It was the only nice car I've ever owned in my life, you know? And I remember I was in the church parking lot and something was wrong with the battery. So I'm like, you know, just kind of barely moving and, and just looking at that alternator, uh, you know, seeing, is it charging? Is it charging? Bam. I ran into a light pole. <laughs> My car, my brand, you know, like my treasured possession. And I remember just walking out going, no way, did I, that is the dumbest thing I've ever done. But then I thought, eh, but Lisa's going out with me. I don't care. You know, it's just kind of one of the, you know how when you're just like in love, it's like nothing's going to get me down. Nothing's going to bug me. And that's the idea behind this is, man, I know the one who created all of you. I know the one who determines your eternal destiny. I know that he's watching me right now. I know that he loves me. I Hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty reigns. He's the one that died on the cross for me and is looking down right now and going, man, that's my son right there. And all the riches of, in, of heaven, I, I get to inherit and be with him forever where no more sickness, no more death, no more pain. And it's this idea of I rejoice, rejoice, and rejoice. I crash my car. It's a car. Man, I know the God of the universe. It's a job. I know the God of the universe. It's a sickness. Man, I know. the. It's, it's just this idea of, so no matter what happens, everyone, he says there's this reasonableness that everyone sees in you. Like, man, that guy just does not flip out. What is it about you? And you go, man, this is all temporary. You know, I get it. Man, I was alone. I talked to God this morning. You think something's going to get me down? See, that's, that's the idea of rejoice in the Lord always. I 
I'm sorry, illustrations just kind of come to me. And I'm just like, ah, do I say it? Yeah. My, I remember my uh, daughter one time, um, again, it was my oldest. She came home, which is when she was like, I don't know, sixth grade, fifth grade, something. She came home and, uh, and she had gotten an F on a test. Okay, that's not acceptable in my house, okay? No one should get an F if they're Asian. And uh, <laughs> so she, <laughs> kidding, kinda. But uh, you know, it, 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 it's unacceptable because I knew she could do better. It's just, you know, the, you don't get Fs, come on, man. You know, so she, com- she, she comes home, she's terrified to see dad. And so she tells mom, right, you know, do do you have to tell dad? Do you have to, you know, do we have to tell him? You know, and so she comes into my room and she's scared, you know, and and it's like, what am I gonna do, you know, but she she just comes and says, dad, uh, I got something to show you. And she shows me this F. I'm like, what? And she just goes, dad, what are you gonna do? You know, I'm like, am I this harsh? You know, like, what what, what are you thinking? And I I started just thinking. I go, you know what, honey, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to, we're going to go out to dinner. I'm going to take you to dinner anywhere you want. We're just going to celebrate. And then we'll go to a movie. And I know it's school night, but we'll go to a movie. And then we'll go out to dessert. And uh, we'll just celebrate. (laughs) You got an F. Um, I go, and here's why. I said, look, dad has done terrible, terrible things in his lifetime. I've done some really bad things. And then God just blesses me. He blessed me with you, your siblings, your mom. He blessed me with this life. He blessed me with the future. This is what the Bible calls grace. Like, First, it's mercy, like he doesn't punish me because of what I did. Jesus took it for me, but then on top of that, he blesses me. That's, that's grace, and I want you to understand that, yes, should I punish you? I should punish you. But I, I, I'm gonna show you grace tonight. So we, we went out to dinner, had a great time, just laughed, went to a movie, just laughed, went to dessert, just laughed, kissed her goodnight, it's done. I wanna give, I said, look, that's a picture of grace. Now, I'm only going to do this once next time you're punished, you know, because there's a justice of God also. And, you know, but the best part of the story was, was the next day she went to school and uh, she, she had told her friends, like, my dad's going to kill me. You know, so all her friends are like, what did your dad do? And she goes, he took me to dinner. He took me to the movies. He took me to ice cream. We celebrated my F, you know, said just don't even think about it, you know, because he wanted to explain grace to me and explain the cross, you know, and she explained it to her friends. And all. she goes, and then all my friends, she's telling me this, she goes, Dad, all my friends are like, oh, man, I wish I had your dad. <laughs> you know, and part of me is like, yeah, that's right. I'm a better dad than all of theirs, you know, just... <laughs> But don't you see, like, the attitude of the friends? That's what we want the world to say when they look at you. Man, I wish I had your dad. I wish I, you seriously, 
Wait, your dad forgave you of everything and so you're just rejoicing all the time and you've got, that's what leads to this reasonableness is you've got this connection. Man, I wish I knew your dad. Man, I wish I knew your God. See, but do people do that when they see you at work? Do your neighbors think that like, gosh, how blessed is that person? See, that's that's the type of army that God wants is one that has this sweet reasonableness that's known to all. And he says, so next verse, do not be anxious about anything. Yeah, amen. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Man, don't be anxious about anything. Anything. What if, imagine, just use your imagination right now, imagine you walk out the doors today, okay, and the moment you leave the church, just imagine, the rest of your life, you are never, literally never, worried about anything again, like ever, because that's the command there, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, okay, imagine, okay, just just picture, okay, just make believe, You walk out the church today and you're just like, the rest of your life, I don't know how long you expect to live, another five, 10, 20, 30 years, and you never worried. Okay, picture yourself at the end. Like you never worried once. Imagine what you would be like. You'd probably still look the same age, right? So you don't worry. Imagine. Imagine how many people would like you, you know? You just never worried, you're just at peace. You don't fly off the handle, you're good. You're just always at peace. See, some of us look at that illustration, you go, oh yeah, I'm good. You guys, it's not only possible, it's commanded. God wouldn't command something that's not possible. Like, it's possible for you to never worry again. In fact, it's commanded. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Just give me a request and it's good. I mean, are you a person that prays a lot and worries little or never? Or are you a person that worries a lot and you don't pray? Or maybe you pray and you still worry. Okay, this is messed up, okay, because I was doing this, here, here, let, me, let me do it this way. How many of you are bosses in the sense that it doesn't matter, you don't have to be the CEO or the owner, I'm just saying you've got some people who work under you at work. Just raise your hand, don't be ashamed. I mean, don't be proud either, but you know, okay, good, good, good. You know, or you have kids, okay, so they're, they're kind of like the same thing. But uh, when you give an assignment, okay, think about this. When you give an assignment to one of your employees, or to one of your kids, do you worry about it getting done once you give them the assignment? Think about this, bosses. When you give someone an assignment, do you afterwards check up on them and go, hey, did you do this yet? Do you worry after giving someone an assignment? Yes or no? 
depends on who it is, right? Amen. That's, because yeah, I was thinking about this. I've had employees where it's like, here, do this, and I'll forget about it, and I just, because I know what's going to get done. Other ones, I'm emailing, texting, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Hey, dude, I asked for that three weeks. Have you done it yet? It just depends on the person. See, it hit me because I thought, what does that say about my belief in God if I tell him something, and then I'm still anxious of whether or not it gets done. I don't really trust him. He's like that employee that I don't really trust. Man, that broke my heart. I go, God, so sometimes I say things to you, and then I worry about it after. That means I don't really believe in my prayers, or I don't believe you really hear me, and you're gonna work it out to your will and to what's best. Man, it hit me. God says, man, I want you rejoicing in me. I want you to, like, you know, you give me something, let it go. It's done. You know what that feels like. If you got that kid that you give them, tell them a task, you know it's that kid that's faithful. This is almighty God. He says, look, understand, rejoice in me. Just rejoice, always. I'll say again, let your, your sweet reasonableness be known to all men. The Lord saying, don't be anxious. Just give it to me. Give it to me and then don't worry about it afterwards, ever. With thanksgiving, go, God, it's so good, I can give it to you and it's gonna work out to your glory and that's what I want anyways. So whatever, it's there. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I can just relax and go out those doors. I don't ever have to worry. I can just throw it out to him. But is your prayer life so focused that you're like, I'm good. I gave it to the Lord already. He says, when you do that, the last verse we'll look at today is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is it. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Is this you today? Peaceful, joyful? And I, I, some of you today may go, I don't have that peace. I don't have that trust. I gotta say one more thing, okay? And then I'm done. Um, a buddy of mine this week, or maybe it was last week, but he told me about it this week. He went to a Stanford, um, some of you guys work at Stanford. He went to the uh, virtual reality center there, I guess. So he works for Dolby Stereos and they, their, their work went over there. Virtual reality, he went in this room. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have been there or, or if you have connections, I want to go there. It, it, it's this room where you walk in and then they put these glasses on you, like these virtual reality glasses. So because you're looking around once you put these glasses on and you just think the room hasn't changed, but then you'll notice something in front of you that wasn't there before, like a plank of wood. You're like, wait, that wasn't there. You know, because the glasses are on, you know, sound, everything's going on. He goes, then, the ground starts falling down around you, you know? And, and he goes, you know, so you're standing there going, whoa, whoa, what just happened? And then you gotta walk across this, this, this you know, thing with, on this plank. And so you, you, you're, you're going like this, you're teetering. You're literally just freaked out because it's so real. You know, and then when you're on this plank, you know, it was, I don't know, I forgot how it worked, like a narrator, someone just says, go ahead and step off, you know this isn't real. And two thirds of the people can't step off. 
because it's there and you're going, you're crazy. There's no way. There is no way I'm going to fall. And, and, and if you do step off, you get this feeling like the noise, the sound, the, the visual effects, like you're falling down this thing and everyone just kind of collapses. And, uh, you know, but, but it was just this picture he was describing and I'm, I'm thinking about it, you know, like, you know, in your head, this isn't reality, but you've got these glasses on that tell you it is. You know, and the truth is, is you guys, some of us are so blinded by the world. We think that everything's dependent on our bank account, our health, and we don't see what's really going on. We're not willing to step off, you know. That's the thing about prayer. That's the thing about our God is like, I can step out of the boat. No, I know this isn't even real. What's real is him. I don't focus on the things that I can see, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says, because those are temporary things. I I, I stare at the things that are unseen because that's eternal, that right now my God's watching me. You can't see him right now. All you see is a guy on a stage just talking about this stuff and I'm saying, man, take your glasses off. Take your glasses off. You know, it's, it's like, remember Elisha, when, when he, you know, the servant was freaking out, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. He's like, Lord, open his eyes, let him see. There's an army, you know, and the guy's like, whoa, are you kidding me? You remember that story in the Old Testament? The, the, this army, these chariots, this, what in the world? That's what the Bible says. Take those glasses off. You can step off the plank. Look, 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 it's real, it's real, it's real. Gosh, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He's got you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. See what's real, okay? But some of you, maybe you're just going, okay. Maybe for some of you, you're not there because you need to build a prayer closet, and you just haven't focused, okay? I know some, look, I was there. I'm not judging anyone. I'm going, man, I was there, and it's so good to be back in that zone, and going, okay, I got this. I'm fearless. I'm stepping off the plane. Watch this. Watch this. You know, it's just, I'm good. I know what's real again. I've got it. Man, he's been with me my whole life. And some of you just need that focus time because your mind is multitasking right now. Stop it. But there's others of you that you go, man, I still don't have that peace. I've never had it. What you're talking about, that joy, that rejoicing, I don't have that. That faith, that that love, you know, like I want to love people in other places and stuff. It's just not, I can't stop thinking about me and it's killing me. I'm getting depressed because I can't stop thinking about me. And I'm saying that's what God saves you from. He changes you. You're no longer this self-centered, you're God-centered. And go, God, I don't care about my glory. I just want everyone to know how good you are. That's all that matters to me anymore. It's not about me. It's about these people who are starving. It's like, man, that brings me joy that I could help with them. Man, and I've I, I got this love now. I've got this joy. Oh, peace. I can breathe again. And you go, I don't have that. And I go, maybe it's because you don't know Jesus. I don't care if you've been to church your whole life. You can sing something for 30 years and not know what you're singing. I'm just saying, man, do you know him? Are you connected? If not, I want you to know that you can be forgiven of everything. That F, hand it to him right now. Okay? Let him take you to dinner. Okay? Let him forgive you of it. 
Remove it as far as the east is from the west and let him pour his grace out on you. Man, that's the whole reason why Jesus came. That, that's what we're celebrating this season. And maybe you can't celebrate because you've never truly given your life to him. And you're living in this sin. You're holding on to all of this stuff thinking it's going to bring you pleasure. And he goes, no, that's the thief. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. My commands lead to life. If you'd follow my commands, you'd actually be leading you to life. Follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. I'll forgive you of everything. Give you commands that lead to life and give you life forever. You can be forgiven. You can have his spirit enter you today and change you forever. Inside out, the Bible says, repent, be baptized, and filled with the spirit. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.